the MacBook Air might not be dead. This shocked me. Shocked to the core, I tell you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you should wait until that's actually proven to be true. Yeah, but then, yeah, then there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can talk about it. Just don't be so shocked. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll dial it back. Yeah, right. I can't see them putting a retina screen in it, so... But I can't know. see them releasing a non-retina Mac. Yeah, well, I can't see them releasing one that doesn't cost, you know, like $1,500, so... Yeah, yeah that, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird place, because they haven't gotten the MacBook down to the, like, same price point that they used to have the Air at, which I think is probably their eventual goal, Right, but... You know, they also stopped selling most of the MacBook Air models, I think. Yeah, there's one. There's one left. The 13 inches. 13 inches left. Yeah. Starts at $9.99. I was very impressed. So this this past week while I was away, um, I had to edit a podcast um, and on my MacBook Air, my 11-inch MacBook Air. And I had installed Logic last week before I left because I didn't want to go back <laughs> to using GarageBand. And so I was like, oh, man, this is going to be... This is going to be kind of dicey on my 11-inch Air. But it was actually it actually ran perfectly fine. I had no complaints. Hmm. It actually was fairly... That's because well, my... Which one do you have? I have the built-to-order 11-inch Air that's got a i7 in it. So it's actually oh, yeah. a respectable machine. But yeah, I was surprised at how well... I mean, it was just clockwise, which is four tracks and 30 minutes. So it's not a long podcast, but it's still... I felt like, you know, even exporting it out to a... We were mixing it down to an audio file at the end it was actually relatively speedy so i I, th- I think you've stumbled into the great conspiracy in that we haven't needed to buy new computers for about like the last 10 years <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not that i mean long, i don't know john hasn't bought a five. computer in 10 years right <laughs> what you haven't bought a computer well, my, yeah, in like no, i mean the, the, the one that i have is only two, what a uh, year old now oh, okay um the one this, this so I have a MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar. Oh, that's um, right, you do have but, a Touch Bar. But one. then that's every right. other every other Mac in the house is <laughs> ridiculously ancient. <laughs> I mean, I replaced my iMac last year with the 5K one, and I've been very happy with that. But there is definitely a feeling of like, yeah, I mean, why would I? <laughs> what what's going to happen that I might need to replace this machine other than it eventually breaking many years in the future? Because like, there's nothing on. There's nothing. What is the next thing that it's gonna? I'm gonna be like, oh, this computer doesn't have X. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. There was a a friend uh, who is getting rid of an old iMac, a ten year old uh, iMac, so it's metal body, but um, much like uh, me. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that machine. <laughs> uh, and like they they were chucking it out, and you know it was like, what can we do with this? And I was like, well, why don't we actually just? Yeah, it would run uh, Sierra. So uh, re refurbished it and gave it to another friend who was very happy to get it for Christmas. You're some sort of so, Mac launderer. Yeah. Is that what you are? <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. You know, just bring them to me. I'll get rid of anything incriminating and I'll pass it on. Well, that's my. I mean, the my Plex server machine is a 2007 iMac, and it still works basically fine. Yeah, I mean, mine's a. 2000 it's not fast but (laughs) but i don't really notice it when i'm you know watching plex on from another device right well because the kind of stuff you're doing with it is stuff that's 
probably pretty right. well optimized for you know the like i mean you're Something watching video right yeah. like right so at most it's transcoding which is you know arduous but not you know not necessarily something that you'll notice performance wise yeah yeah I, I don't know i mean i i love my macbook air uh and i certainly since upgrading to the 5k imac i have definitely missed having a retina display on my macbook air um that's like the biggest thing i feel like that computer is missing i'm very happy with everything else on that computer the keyboard the ports <laughs> the size <laughs> and like there isn't there isn't a good replacement for that because although the, both the 13-inch MacBook Pro and the MacBook are very close to it in size and weight and all that, um, they're just they are still both larger uh, and not you know not as compact. When it's just like I want to throw this thing in my bag and and go or use it on a plane or something. Um, so the fact that it still can hold its own processor wise, uh, I think, is what's you know yeah it's yeah. refreshing to me because it's like well all right i don't actually i know i want the new shiny like retina display models but i don't need them yeah i mean yeah. I, I but i bought the pro because it's slim mm -hmm. i mean it, because the new form factor is very slim i don't think i would have done that if it were had if it had been the, I, I definitely would not have done that if it had been the old form factor sure yeah, yeah. Um, I, and i was surprised and, and how i understand I understand that people don't like the keyword. I understand people don't like a lot of things about this machine, but um, I like the fact that I have a reasonably powerful machine that is very slim. Um, and I'm not a pro user, though, so it, it, my concerns are not everybody else's concerns. But yeah. uh, but still, it got I me mean, to buy I, this machine. I bought the i7 uh, model as well at the time. And it's not me using it, but it's still in active use today. So, yeah, I... I don't know if that is a factor of us specking the machines up when we first got them. Sure. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, they last longer, right? Certainly. I mean, and and the Core i7 at that point was still a solid chip. And, and as it's like, you, you know, the things that we're doing now are probably not that more, much more intensive than the things that I say I was doing. I think this machine is three and a half years old or so. Like i'm doing the same tasks like yeah i switched from GarageBand to logic but like for whatever reason logic runs perfectly fine on it uh i was talking to jason snell about it and he's like yeah it actually runs better than GarageBand in some cases um so <laughs> all right um they spent more time engineering it probably because it's a yeah it's a more expensive product uh so yeah i mean certainly from a performance standpoint like there's not a lot that I'm doing with these machines that is much more intensive than it was three years ago, which wasn't the case like a decade ago, right? Like, I feel like yeah. the leaps were much bigger from year to year in terms of the performance. And that, I mean, and certainly I was doing more things like, you know, playing games maybe on my, on my max than I, than I am now. Mm -hmm. And that is a big performance driver, obviously, but because I don't really do that on my Mac and I'm not doing basically video editing, which is probably the only other like, or, you know, 3D modeling or whatever, like, graphic stuff. Those are the only other, like, super intensive tasks. Think about building so because, VR, but just because. Just yeah. So because this podcast hasn't pivoted to video yet, um, <laughs> we are no, Nobody wants safe. that. Yeah, nobody nobody <laughs> wants right. that. James, I saw your before and after picture. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Um, uh, other than that, other than the MacBook Air rumor, uh, there's still, so there's new, uh, iOS betas, um, apparently interesting little tidbit from the iOS, uh, 11.3 beta that came out. 
They had changed iBooks to just books at one point, and apparently they've changed it back now. Oh, so they, <laughs> they've canceled that, that theory. Yeah, right. The Apple Kindle is not happening. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it was just a typo, like somebody changed it and was yeah. like, whoops, <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, much for I- our, so much for our iOS laptop. <laughs> That was quick. <laughs> apparently, those uh, those high end uh, Apple headphones that we talked about last week are apparently like aimed at sort of the noise canceling headphone sector. Um, you know, probably like the Bose mm-hmm. noise canceling headphones, which is a bummer for me in some ways because it's like I actually don't want a pair of another pair of noise canceling headphones. I just want sort of a a mid range set of headphones that I can wear all the time uh, that aren't earbuds. <laughs> I was wondering about this, how the noise cancelling stuff works with Siri, because you're basically going to have people wandering around shouting at Siri because they can't hear (laughs) how loud they're talking. Well, (laughs) yeah, that's probably true. It's interesting. I've noticed um, uh, the way Siri... So I have, you know, um, I was on the plane actually yesterday as we record this, and uh, I had my Bose headphones on, noise cancelling headphones, and I walk around with them. And so I came back, and I sat down in my seat. And sometimes, for whatever reason, because of where my phone is in my pocket, when I sit down on the seat in the seat, it'll like hit the button somehow that triggers Siri. And the only reason I'll know is because all of a sudden, it actually like either kills the noise cancelling, or I basically start he- like monitoring the microphone on the iPhone because I can suddenly hear this like. Like I, I get much more of the sound than I did a second ago, and then I get like a second later, I get the like, bloop bloop. Um, I think because of the way Siri works when you're connected to Bluetooth stuff, because I know it's the same thing in my car. Sometimes like it takes a second for it to register. Um, so yeah, that was kind of weird. I don't, but I don't know the, the way that plays with that is a little strange because there is a microphone on the headphones, but right, you can't, so, you yeah. can't, you can't use the Hey Siri for that. Spe- yeah, speaking of which, we have follow up on. Lexus, no, shut up, HomePod. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lex thought that he was uh, he was getting Hey Siri to uh, sorry, um, <laughs> ahoy hoy, um, to work uh, on his AirPods. But uh, as it turns out, it's just it was just his phone picking up. The, the <laughs> sorry, sorry, Lex, Lex, oh Lex, <laughs> yeah. He had an unreleased special feature because we tried. We, uh, we had a Twitter conversation about it. A number of people tried it, and um, you know, for me, it worked. Obviously, it worked fine when my phone was on the desk. It worked fine when my phone was in my shirt pocket, and then when my phone was in my pants pocket, it didn't work at all. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's still a little frustrating, you know. In in several weeks in with the HomePod, the, of the fact that when you use that phrase, the HomePod <laughs> almost always wants to take it. Except for I did try it today. If I already had my iPhone 10 like unlocked, like it knew it had my attention, it seemed to take that request. I had the like I was looking at it, it unlocked, and then I asked it to open an app, and it worked. Whereas if I just you know if the phone was sleeping or whatever, and I requested it to open an app, the HomePod would still pick it up and be like, "I can't open apps. I don't have apps. You're a dumbass." <laughs> no, you're the dumbass. <laughs> Siri and I have so fun. I think- I think the last time I was on, we were all being mean about HomePod, and it turns out we're all quite correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm super curious to see what happens when we have um, a software update for this at some point down the road. Like, yeah, I, did I, they? Has I, anyone checked the latest beta? If it had put the uh airplay 2 stuff back in again i think it has not i think it's still missing 
because if it's missing then it's gonna be a while before yeah, that stuff uh, god i don't i don't understand why this is i mean i guess it's hard ha, ha, have you tried to write software dan <laughs> yes yeah yeah i have well it's uh, that oh okay good call <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, that's fine. I mean, I understand it's challenging, but in the same way, it's like, you know, maybe don't promise things like a year out if you can't deliver them at some point in a reasonable time frame. Like if you're Apple, when you have a whole cadre of people working on this, you know, it's a little different than than a smaller software developer who might have a you know more constrained resources. <laughs> Hypothetically, yes. Do we do we want to talk about James's uh, anniversary now? <laughs> it's not just is my that, anniversary. Is that a good, right, well, that a good like, you know, before we talk about James's anniversary, yeah. uh, instead, let's uh, quickly hear from our friends at Grasshopper. Hey, if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and personal lives separate. Choose from their huge inventory of local toll-free or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. Whether you're in the office or your car or out shopping for the holidays, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. Not to mention you can send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number, set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team, or if it's just you and you want multiple extensions, you know, knock yourself out. Get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you, work from anywhere with call forwarding, make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app, and even utilize Wi-Fi calling. Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. That's Grasshopper. Sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash rebound to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash rebound. Our thanks to Grasshopper for sponsoring this show. So, James, I hear it's uh, it's a big day. (laughs) Yeah, so... uh... I saw a tweet, in fact, from Craig Hockenberry, who noted that today is the 10-year anniversary of the original iPhone SDK uh, being released to developers. Uh, So momentous day for some of us. And uh, I thought, oh, I know I've got a a picture that I took of PCALC like a day or so after I got the SDK, when I got like, it's just, you know, a couple of buttons and, and a screen. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, I'll find that. And while I was looking for that to tweet it out, I found a picture of myself that I had taken sitting on the sofa a few, like within a few days of that. And I looked at it and I thought, where has my life gone? (laughs) (laughs) And I restaged the same photo and tweeted it out again. And I noted that A, I haven't bought a new sofa or new sofa cushions in 10 years. (laughs) B, my fashion sense is still stripy jumpers. And, you know, everything else had stayed the same except me, uh, who had got older no, this, no, exactly the yeah, same. Your cushion, your cushion, yeah, it's a little faded. I can't tell yes. if that's just the camera quality or... I, 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 I wondered that myself. It was like, is this the, the sofa and the cushion? Yeah, the lighting, are... the lighting looks a little different. Yeah, so maybe yeah. and the, the resolution yeah. clearly, like, you can see every pore. <laughs> yeah, so some things have changed. <laughs> I think you're also, you're slightly closer, so it makes your head look bigger. Yeah, um, I... I 
I wasn't going to spend half an hour <laughs> no, and I know, set up, I know, a, just... <laughs> set up a, a, a stand just so that I could take the photo in exactly the same shot. But it, it was just the sort of... <laughs> I'm just like, trying to help. <laughs> Ten years doesn't seem like that long ago. And then I looked at that photo and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it really yeah. was. I thought about going back and looking at you after you sent that. I thought, I should go back and look at a photo of me 10 years ago. And then I no, I should not do that. <laughs> John, I have photos of you from 10 years ago. Probably. I know. <laughs> That's why and, I don't want to. And Dan was still in school the then. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was. I was, but a, but uh, no, I was. I was already working. I was a. I was see, ten years ago today. I was already well into my Macworld career at that point. You had a full head of hair. I had a full. No, that's not true. Not even remotely <laughs> true. I don't think. What year is it? God, I've already forgotten. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was probably at that. Was I at that event? It was 2008. Did they they had an event? Yeah, because you missed the 2007 one, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I missed the iPhone one. Yeah, but uh, they had like a. Um, I remember when there was an iOS event. I think it was, that probably might have been iOS three was sort of the earliest one I remember because there was one in the town hall, um, in uh in on on Apple campus for the release of I don't know I want to say i iPhone software three or something like that. Um, yeah. It was it was a super long time ago. Oh look, I, I just happened to like look back and like I the first picture I saw when I looked back ten years is a picture of John. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you have in your photo library? It's just pictures of John. It's just pictures of me. It's blurry pictures of John and Glenn Fleischman. And there's Johnny Ive. <laughs> there's a lot happening here. We we've all remained such close friends. Oh Johnny. <laughs> oh Johnny. Whatever happened to Johnny? <laughs> Whatever happened to him? They don't let him out of that. Well, he lost anymore. his hair, but I think he lost. He shaved it off willingly or something. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I'm super. So this is a little. No, I, mean, I don't think it's off topic. It's the the whole thing with people walking into the windows at Apple headquarters. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. this is like this is I, I, this is the kind of parody shit that I would write, or John would write. <laughs> And I feel like it's kind of unfair, first of all, that they're stealing our material by actually doing these things. (laughs) uh, Did you read the the transcripts of the the 911 calls? I saw part of it where it's like they're trying to give the address and having trouble with it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Um, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, my my, uh, unfair quip was all employees are to be given a free bumper. (laughs) 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 I, I... I, I get that. I, I like the um, I don't know the, the sort of the hubris of the new Apple campus. I kind of enjoy these stories somewhat, uh, and because the fact that, you know they've got the giant open plan spaces for the developers, which I imagine is going to where they're going to be testing these noise canceling headphones, right? Uh, because they'll be driven insane otherwise. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> So three people walking into the thing with cuts and stuff. I mean, I feel bad for the people. Don't get me wrong, but um, right, yeah. But it, it, at the same time, it was the the story a few weeks ago was the one that got me. Was the one where it's like people started putting post it notes up on the windows to like warn people, yeah. and <laughs> Apple took them down because it like messed with the aesthetic. And it's like, guys, well, sure, no, can't yeah, have that. That's the wrong. And, and then. <laughs> Who who leaked to the press and said you might want to do a freedom of information request against Apple Campus? Uh, Man, 
<sighs> yeah, I mean, I th- it looks a really nice campus, and you know, I'm partially jealous because I haven't visited it yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's such an Apple-y, I, I, Apple I, thing to do, though. That's the thing that gets me. I would me. think that that was that was sort of a like an OSHA thing. Like you would have to put those white stickers. That's probably in on like because on their and shops, pro- you know, Johnny probably got some like waiver or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause on the shops, don't they have like little etched squares or something on, in the glass, um, as a kind of indicator, something. uh, I'd need to bring up a, a visual of one of the shops, but I think the ones that have got the big glass fronts, it's not pure glass. Otherwise we'd have heard all these reports already. Well, plus, I mean, there's all those places, right. Where they have to put up the decals of like birds to prevent birds from flying into these things, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I, I'm amazed but, that hasn't happened to the Apple campus. Well, yet. Maybe there's like a, a migratory path that's going to come around in like oh, a dear. month or two as they fly south for the w- summer, winter, whatever it is they do. And, and we're going to just have this oh, yeah, visual it's be just, of it's be like, hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dead birds. It's going to be like and, the birds. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's all going to be like. I think uh, uh, somebody needs to disrupt glass, is what needs to happen. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what's happening. It's just. <laughs> Very slow. I mean, not with their faces. Oh, okay. They should right. have the, the Blade Runner style thing where you can adjust the. Yeah, right. Exactly. The, I was just thinking that. So, yeah. What, like the but, transparency, basically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you been on, have you been on a Dreamliner? N- n- no. <laughs> Uh, well the the virgin i don't uh, have the money atlantic eh, well you know it's the app developer uh millionaire lifestyle but Mm -hmm. sure um when i was (laughs) over it's the money he saved on buying new couches (laughs) exactly (laughs) i just spent it on one trip to america um the uh the dreamliner it's really nice plane but it the when i sat down in my seat i looked to pull down the blind on the windows and there was no blind. And I was like, oh, that's odd. And there was a, li- a little up-down control next to the window. And I sort of pressed it. And the window started to get darker. And I was like, wow, oh, this I, is I the have, Blade Runner future. I have seen those things. I know they exist. I don't. I, I actually have no idea how they work, but it's super cool. I thought you were going to say you start pressing like the down button and the plane starts like slowly <laughs> descending. <laughs> ah! No, no. Just the, the, the window just came down and then everybody was sucked out of space. Um, <laughs> that no, seems like a design the, oversight. <laughs> but the, the thing that they can do is as they're coming into land, you don't have to have, you know, the folk walking around telling you yeah, to right, put right. up your blind. They just push a button and they all instantly go transparent. Do they go uh, do they go opaque? Can they go fully opaque or just sort of No, like it, it's tinted? it's it's pretty close. It's you know, it's it's a dark tint, but it's not black. But you know, it'd be good enough to stop people walking into them. <laughs> right. Don't walk into the window on your airplane, first of all. <laughs> do not that is not an exit that's not anymore um yeah that's we i i just there's something uncomfortably apple about it where it's like no no do not you're us you know you you humans are ruining our perfect design aesthetic right it's the the holding right. it you're wrong oh, you're holding I, it wrong i yeah, can yeah, imagine yeah. you're, you're yeah, walking like, into it wrong johnny on the day that the, the new campus opened is looking at it and he's looking at the you know the precise lines and everything looks amazing and then like over the last month <laughs> all the engineers bump, have been bump. well all the engineers have been pouring in and leaving their crap everywhere and <laughs> just be looking at it and sort of gritting his teeth i i thought you were gonna uh, say he's like look at the windows and explaining the clean lines and the yeah, bl- we really, and then all of a sudden like 
wham <laughs> and it's yeah. like the you know the squeaking sound as they slide down the glass that, that sounds yeah. like a, a saturday night live uh, <laughs> sketch in the making of him doing the the intro to the new campus with people just smacking off the thing in the background what, what is that yeah. what is that no it's nothing nothing, nothing. <laughs> as, as, some, as someone who has moved into an open floor plan that you know where the 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 management thought oh this is going to be so great it's going to be so clean and <laughs> like i have no sympathy for that attitude whatsoever yeah i just i mean i i don't i wouldn't wish it on anyone but especially not engineers um you know <laughs> just like i i need to be sort of if i'm like 10 levels down debugging some piece of code you know, the slightest interruption, it then takes you 15 minutes to recover from. And so being in a room with a hundred of my peers just seems like oh, a bad idea. Yeah, yeah it's I, not great. Yeah, I don't know. I've worked in <laughs> I've worked in open and closed floor plans, and I think I prefer open floor plans, but I will not... Let's put it this way. I think I prefer them, but I'm not going to argue that it made me more productive. <laughs> I think I preferred yeah. them because I didn't feel like I was like sitting in like a little box, but... It probably meant I talked to people way more and got less work done. So take your take your mileage <laughs> yeah. on that one. Yeah, I think it can't. Like, and my my wife worked in a newsroom, and I think in that environment, it's slight. It's better uh, at if you're trying to collaborate. You're sharing, you're sharing information, and things are happening quickly. And you know, uh, if breaking news happens, it's much faster to have like an open floor plan to deal with sure. things yeah. as they're coming in. Was the editor in the open floor plan? The editors were, were all in. The, yes, the except for like the one. I think the the, the managing editor had his own office, but um, the other editors were all in the same environment. The team editors were all in the same environment. Well, well so. if Tim goes and sits on the open floor plan, then then I'm happy with. <laughs> yeah, him. yeah. He sits in the middle. He's got like concentric rings of everybody around him, <laughs> like on a sort of raised diocese. Yeah, that exactly. <laughs> It just rotates gradually. It's a lot itself. like um, it's a lot like the throne oh, Snoke's God, throne room sick. from the Last Jedi. <laughs> well, it's the pa- uh, Panopticon or whatever the it's prison the, design. It's the reverse Panopticon. <laughs> yes, everybody look. Please don't Google him. reverse Panopticon. It's really <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> what else is going on? I was going to say, just see the thing about Movie Pass. Oh yes. They're oh, tracking yeah, yeah, your yeah. location. Yes, there, there was like a conference, some marketing conference where the MoviePass CEO was talking, and he was making a big deal of the fact that they track people using the the app uh, before they get to the theater and where they go afterwards, and <laughs> saying how much how much Isn't that great? fabulous data that they have on everybody. And the I think the terms of service say that that you know it'll, it uses it for the you know to locate the theater or something and doesn't really say yeah we're going to track you 24 7 for your entire life so that we can data mine you my god it's (laughs) i don't know what upsets me more the fact that they did it or the fact that they're so out of touch that they like talked it up like this thing is awesome yeah Right. Well, they talked it up at a marketing conference, which yeah. is the place where you would say things like that. Sure. And people oh, yeah. would be rubbing that rubbing yeah. their hands and going, Yes, this is great. But at uh, a marketing conference, you- those things never get out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it, it doesn't surprise me because the economics of it it's like what, eight dollars a month or something? Uh and what's a what's a cinema ticket in your part of the world? Oh god, at least uh, for like a ch- big chain yeah. cinema, at least like twelve or thirteen bucks around here. 
Yeah, yeah so I think it's like, more like, I think it's like 10 here or something. You can, you can find $10 at like depends indie on when you go. But then, theaters, but then but of yeah. course, you know, because I always get it through Fandango, it's there's, oh, <laughs> there's yes. a convenience fee. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, convenient yeah. for whom? Right, for them. Yeah, I mean, I've got there's a cinema, uh, the cinema big chains here do their own passes, and it's for me, it's like twenty quid a month. Uh, so it's still significantly better than the, you know, it's about I don't know, ten to twelve quid or something for for a single ticket. But this is the theaters themselves running it. Um, yeah, and I guess they they have figured out the economics of you know well we just need to put the popcorn up 50 percent or whatever right and, right and it's fine but but with this <laughs> we're I mean, gonna get you we're gonna get you somehow don't worry well we you know you have to pay extra if you want the slightly bigger screen or if you want the 3d or if you want the imax uh and all this but with the movie pass stuff um there was something oh, what was it there was something weird about it as well um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it, it it just struck me as oh yeah, they're they're kind of like they aren't really doing this with the cinema chains corporation, and like AMC is right, very right. unhappy about it, and you know they they I think they're buying them they're buying the tickets at cost price, and because the MoviePass CEO was saying that they want a discount, and the cinema chains were going no. So if they're buying the things at cost, so let's say $12, and then for $8 a month you get as many things as you want, uh, you know, the economics, somebody somebody was paying somewhere. Well, right. I mean, but the the argument is, I guess, probably they're, like, like so many subscription services, they're counting on the fact that you won't actually get your money's worth because you will forget. <laughs> it's like going to the gym, right? It's like, oh, you know, yeah, this right. gym is a pretty good deal if I go like three times a week or something, and it's like... yeah, but. Going to the cinema is fun. It is fun, but there are I I certainly don't go to the movies twice a month. Like, and I'm not sure would I you know would I feel uh, like need necessary to go more if I had one of these passes. Like, I don't well, know. I, I mean, I, I I just don't go to the movies as as much as I used to. Like in my 20s or something. Yeah, this would have been perfect because I would go to the movies like every week or two. But well, I, I really go to the movies every like three months now. It might be because I'm Scottish, but I know I've paid that money, so I am going to the cinema. <laughs> sure. oh, no, and I'm yeah. going to watch whatever. <laughs> that, that's exactly <laughs> no it. No matter I, how bad it is. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll go and see whatever terrible film. That that's exactly uh, it, though, because like I think there are people who have that incentive. Like I'm going to get my money's worth of it, and there are people who also sign up and either forget about it or like are aspirational about it. I'll go to the movies more, and then they're just they're busy, right? Like maybe they don't get to it. Yeah. And so the question is, I'm sure they've done this cost analysis of like do those people who take advantage of this and make a ton of money off us offset the amount that like all the people who sort of get lazy and don't take advantage of it. Like we end up getting money from them and essentially not buying uh, yeah, you know, tickets I, for them. I don't know. I assume I, they've done the math, I, but they could be idiots. You're totally right. I, I don't think they're idiots. I think they're probably just burning somebody else's VC money. Almost then, certainly. <laughs> and, and promising, oh, but it's okay because, you know, we know the entire life of this person. And, you know, in our next update, we're going to switch on the microphone on their phone so we can hear everything they're saying. And, you know, whatever whatever they've promised the marketing conference. Um, you know, not all advertising people are bad. No. Just most of them. <laughs> no, not all advertising 
people are bad. What does Lex do again? <laughs> what you does know, Lex do? Again? It's impossible to say. I read interviews with him sometimes, and he talks about podcasts a lot. I, I just don't know really yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, I, I, he's, yeah, he's just a, he's a podcast enthusiast, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he just really wants people to listen to and love podcasts. If he was an enthusiast, why is he not on more? <laughs> I mean, he's got limits, man. He's got limits. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, I'm always happy to uh, pick up his scraps. (laughs) And we're always happy to have you do it. Someone, someone needs to. I had an interesting fishing attempt uh, the other day, which was uh, a pretty good email from like the iTunes store looking, you know, looking like it was from the iTunes store that said, um, and I think the thing that the thing that like made me jump was the the the, the price? price of the thing. So was the price was it, was like it the um, YouTube thing. It was it was a subscription for YouTube, YouTube Red. Yes, for like a hundred and forty five dollars <laughs> or something. Yes, I also yeah. got this. Did you? Okay, because yes, I, was, I like, was like, whoa! I got to do. You know, my first reaction is I got to do something about that because that's wrong. And I thought somehow my kid had done it or something like that. Well, and I, but I, I did not click on it because I know now I never click on. I don't think I've ever clicked on. I don't even clicked on a link in an email in like eight years. But it was a, it was a little bit shocking, and I think that shock was what made me you know think for a second that I should that get was, on that. That was exactly it for me. Was like I saw the price and I was like, wait a second. It doesn't cost that much, does it? Right? Like, I, I mean, maybe if you right. want like a yearly subscription or something, but like, I, I had that he- moment of hesitation. And then, like, as that was sinking in, I was looking at the rest of the email and just being like, something's a little bit off about it. Like, everything looked mm-hmm. very good, but it wasn't quite the right format or like some stuff was in a weird and place. I think there was a question mark, you know, like there was one of those glyphs that wasn't yeah, and it was, showing correctly and there was a question uh, mark instead I'm, of the if you just okay. saw the the and like immediately clicked, yeah. Like I can see how they get you which is the shock value. It's very clever. But, you know, it, it's also one of those things that as soon as you start taking a second to look at it, the inconsistencies start popping up. I, I, okay, I'm gonna fix all these for the next one that goes out. Thank you for all your tips. <laughs> <laughs> What? I, I, mean, bought, isn't there, Dan, I bought 50 Dan calculators. Scottish fishing attempts. <laughs> isn't there supposed to be a thing, though, that you make the the spam emails like with bad spelling and stuff because that, the theory goes that that filters out the, the non-gullible? I've heard that, but I think it gives a lot of credit to those people, too. Well, yes. Um, don't click on emails. Don't, don't click, install MoviePass. Don't pass. click on emails. Yeah, that's right. This is, a, this is a podcast that's all about the things you shouldn't do. Yes. <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. No, wait. <laughs> don't get it's a, into it's a thousand a thousand no's for every yes. Yes. <laughs> but we never it's get to fa- the yes part. There's a, there's a joke there with the campus, something like a thousand hours for every yes, but like... <laughs> for every face. <laughs> uh you know we love you, Apple. This is just us. This is the way we show it. Yeah, this is uh... <laughs> I like that we have to very, very poorly them, as though as well, though they are I, and, listening. It's sort of passive aggressive. It's kind of like whenever I tweet out something mean about a product, I I am sort of thinking, yeah, I think there are probably engineers who worked on this who follow me on Twitter because I know with the HomePod there was definitely one guy who was tweeting saying, "Oh, I did some stuff on the HomePod," and then I thought, oh, now I feel bad because I'm <laughs> like. Talking mean things uh, <laughs> in a snarky way, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's... I wouldn't know anything about that. 
Yeah, well, at least you get paid to do it. <laughs> a, a little. <laughs> yeah. Turns out that's not quite the lucrative money-making market that we thought it would be. <laughs> really unfair, actually. Yeah. It should. Well, should let let um, me tell you about app development. <laughs> and there was somebody else had a, there was another phishing uh, attempt thing that uh, at the loop linked to a guy talking about it on Twitter, but uh, they had stolen his wife's iPhone and then um, sent emails like to the address associated with the phone with the iCloud account to try and get the iCloud and you know the iCloud password uh and saying you know your phone has been found log into because they did you know log into iCloud to find out where it is or whatever and he went to the link and he had fortunately his wife had changed the the password because of an unrelated thing uh a few days before the phone was stolen and he was putting in in a bad old password and um, did not did not get tripped up by it do you have do you have two-factor on on your phones yes yes yeah no i do too the thing that i get is when i try and log in on a device the geolocation is so bad yes it'll say something like you know somebody in london just tried to log into your account yeah Yeah, i i get Uh, that at the um at the coffee shop i go to clearly their wi-fi access point is like repurposed or something because it'll be like somebody in pennsylvania just tried to log into your account i was like but i know it's me because it literally i just entered my information a second ago right like I wondered if there was a better way to do that, but then it, you know, I don't know that there is. That hit me. I was lying in bed and I got, I wasn't doing anything on my phone and I got a thing that came up and it said, you know, somebody in London is logging into your phone and I I instantly, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and you're like, (laughs) somebody is hacking me. It's like two in the morning, but somebody is hacking me. And uh, about <laughs> half an hour later, after much frenzied password changing and whatever, it, it turned out it'd be my wife lying <laughs> next to me in bed trying to update <laughs> uh, Monument Valley 2 and logging in on my account. <laughs> I love, I love <laughs> the hacks. The hacks are coming from inside the house. <laughs> inside the <Yeah>. bed. <laughs> Uh, inside the bed <laughs> i i love these stories where it turns out to be so i got an email this week from somebody who asked me to help with a problem they were having that i had complained about siri misinterpreting things uh and they're like you know i have this problem where i try to tell siri to dial a phone number starting in the number four and it always interprets it as the letter for or the word for so for and it's like so i can't use it and i live in an area code that starts with four so it's really impossible i'm like that is really weird huh so i tried it out myself and i was like no it works perfectly here i have i have no problems with that uh and it should really get that from context right like if you're asking to dial a number it shouldn't interpret that as a word uh and so i was like oh that's really weird i wonder like maybe try resetting siri or something like that And he wrote back saying, you know, I wonder if it could be that I've switched both the voice and the language to Australian English. And I was like, (laughs) yes, that will 100% do that. And so I told him, you know, switch it back to American. He's like, oh, yeah, it works perfectly now. And I I knew this because I had tried at one point very early on before you could switch just the voice. You had to switch the entire language to switch the Siri voice. And so I had switched it at some point to UK because I like the UK voice. And I noticed that because I had switched it to the UK language, it couldn't understand me as well because it's expecting the sounds of a, you know, of a British accent. Mm -hmm. And 
what I noticed was it would not work well if I spoke in my normal voice. However, if I did a British accent, <laughs> yeah, it actually understood me very very well, which was yeah. yeah. So I've done thought, that. I've a, done that before because Hank, weird... Hank often changes his to different, like Australian. For some reason, he likes to pick the Australian one, and and uh, and I and he then he wants me to ask it something, and so I found that it works better with an Australian right, exactly. Australian accent. So like I, I thought I do about hope that both. Be- being a weird like me like moreover like the whole like walking around yelling at siri like walking around and like switching into accents whenever you want to yell at siri like if there's a way you can look crazier there it is well, i'm it, sorry i only talk ex- my phone in british accent it's an extra layer of authentication over the two-factor you know you have <laughs> three, to factor. Switch. three factor authentication yes. say your password in uh you know a south african accent or like a like a dopey in. you have to say everything in like a super dopey voice whenever you're talking to siri <laughs> well that, that that's what i do generally with siri yeah it's like talking it's like talking to babies oh yes. who's a good assistant? <laughs> oh siri why are you such an idiot <laughs> I think the, the British Aww. voice of Siri uh, was the guy who did the continuity announcements on the Weakest Link game show. <laughs> if you ever saw that here, I did. It was on while I was uh, while I was living there. Well, that was Mister Siri. So, oh, wow. All right, I, I, they've changed some of the voices. Like the woman who yes. used to be credited for it, I think they've it's now somebody else because they've continually refined the voices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, I have to say, the British voice is pretty good. Uh, except for the fact I've noticed um, on the on the HomePod, so I'll ask it what the weather's like. And then the the American accent when it's it's winter, right? So it's cold, and it does this on the phone sometimes too. It'll be like I'm like, what's the temperature outside? And the voice will go, brr. It's like 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, except I I don't know if it's just because it doesn't get as cold over there, but like the UK voice goes, <laughs> brr, brr, yeah, it's 35 yeah, yeah. degrees, and I'm like, all right, somebody did not really follow through on that one. <laughs> We we've just had like the worst snow here in twenty years, so um, it does get pretty cold. So now somebody somebody will have noticed it and been like, yes. "Oh, we got to fix that." <laughs> Presumably, presumably, or they'll no one uses Siri in iOS fifteen. Uh, someday, someday they'll fix this. It'll all be great, and the future <laughs> will be here, and we'll be out of a job because we'll have nothing left to complain about. How old is Siri? Four, Seven, five almost, years? No, almost seven. Seven? Is yeah. it really that? Oh, wow. 2011. No, well, I think an actual seven-year-old would be better at this point. <laughs> I know some actual seven-year-olds. Yeah, they, I'm not so sure about yeah, that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're not very helpful. I mean, yeah, the, the, pro- the problem is, you know, filling the, the warehouses full of them to process the Siri requests. It's, there's some labor laws. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, when was the... Um, when was it? Was it? Did it speak before the Apple acquisition? When it was still just an app, or did it just do other uh, stuff? I thought so. It did. Yeah, I, I remember was, getting was, a demo. That was the of... point, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I never used it before it was acquired. Neither did I. Yeah, uh, and so I was just curious when it actually like started. So because like technically, I guess the technology is even older than that because it was only yes. right, it's almost seven year old, seven years ago for Apple. But yeah, well. No, I mean, I find the dictation is really good. Um, you know, it's better, than, it's my... better than typing, frankly, with the autocorrect issues I've run into. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. And the keyboard on the, the iPhone 10 keeps tripping me up for some reason. But uh, but it's 
you know, it gets all the words correctly for me. It's just it then completely fails to do whatever it is I've been trying to ask it. Yeah, that's standard. That's that's the way it's supposed to work, I think. Okay, just checking. <laughs> All right, I, I was testing something, and, no, now, and now okay. Alexa is talking in the background. Um, go away, Alexa. Um, well, so here I was having a conversation recently about the fact that um, you know the, the relative differences between the Echo and Siri in terms of interpreting certain queries and in terms of like their. I, I think Siri is a much more ambitious project because it really seems to their Apple's really trying to like get down to like the fundamental basic like building blocks of like let us just be able to uh, understand abstract language, right? It's not like remember when you used to be able to do commands on your Mac and it was like you have a certain phrase you speak and it gives you a certain mm, response yeah. when you do that. So this seems like all right, we're really sort of distilling it down to like we want to make a computer that understands the way you speak rather than having you memorize having to say specific things and the echo does a little bit of that but i feel like the technology underlying the echo is much more it's much closer to that old mac style of ask a specific trigger phrase get a specific answer and one of the examples i had to thinking about like uh, like how this how this is demonstrated is something like if you ask siri what's the low temperature today it will tell you the low temperature for the day if you ask the echo what the low temperature is for the day it'll give you the same spiel as if you asked for what the weather is so you have to like oh. wait for it to go through like the high will be the the low will be blah 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 like whereas siri actually just gives you the answer that you're looking for and it's not good about this for everything but to me i think that's what what's interesting about siri is the level of ambition and complexity there is actually much higher than i think what what the echo has done that said <laughs> But it doesn't yeah. necessarily solve all your problems and in some ways the echo because it's sort of like a more practical approach rather than like a theoretical like let's break this all down and really understand language you know there's it's much easier i think to get the echo to respond to certain phrases by getting people to like use certain trigger words and i think looking back at the sort of the 10 year point you know this still seems like magic yeah in a way that you know this stuff could could be working um and yeah like 20 years well not even 20 years ago whenever it was i was doing a degree and i did speech recognition stuff then uh it wasn't 20 years ago um it you know the, the it was very basic stuff along the lines of uh you know the, the old mac stuff where you had like 10 phrases and it right. would sort of find well, find the yeah. phrase that was closest to what it, you just said it's like said. a distinction between like speech recognition and language recognition where like speech well, recognition is let me understand somebody is speaking and then figure out if that phrase matches the phrase that we want whereas language recognition you know as anybody who studied psychology or linguistics will tell you like we don't even fully understand how it works in the human brain much less being able to duplicate <laughs> that in a in a machine <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's as anyone will have played sort of Infocom text adventures right. in the 80s. Yeah. Um, Light Zippo. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I've been re-watching Star Trek Next Generation um, from the, the beginning and sort of working my way through season one. And yeah, so oh, listening sorry. to all the, the computer interactions and things <laughs> like that. There's never a just... point where the computer on Next Generation is like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said. 
Yes. I, I'd like to just do it. Someone should do a super cut where they like super, you know, add like uh, the echo voice instead. Like, and just like people like all the, you somehow cut it into having the people looking exasperated on Star Trek. I, well, that's why I like that. I like the episode where Beverly Crusher gets stuck in that pocket universe because she starts she starts figuring it out and she starts asking the computer a bunch of questions and the computer can't answer them and she just gets frustrated right like, right and she, it's very much like dealing with siri well there's <laughs> just a, like oh shut up <laughs> there's uh no there's one with that the same thing happens in that episode with Riker where it turns out that he's actually in like the holodeck simulation like oh, by yeah. the romulans and yeah, he yeah. starts asking the computer a bunch of stuff that it doesn't know and it's always like, oh, the computer system is down. Like, we can't do this. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gets yeah, more right. and more it's suspicious. Like, it's taking, it yeah, right. It's taking a while for it to, to respond to, to things because they have to like, go out and like come back or something. I don't know. Some stupid reason. They um, have to reboot the, yeah. reboot the ship. So, yeah. So, Siri engineers grew up watching Next Generation and things like that, I imagine. Yeah, probably true. Uh, I would, yeah. But it, I mean, <laughs> now they're sorry. Now they're sorry that it's a problem they ever tried to solve. <laughs> Siri, set self destruct. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we've recorded a show. Well, right. we, we've we've spoken into microphones, whether we've it was recorded. We've, re- we've recorded Let's it, see. hopefully. <laughs> we've recorded some audio. Oh, was I supposed to push that button?